With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Happy Valentine's Day. It is a Tuesday, and we are here with Pastor John Byrne. Hello, John Byrne. The up- ultimate Valentine Jesus. Wait, what? The ultimate Valentine is Jesus. Oh, oh, oh because yes. of John Byrne? You mean because no. of Irish? You know what? I don't no, get no, it. No, the ultimate Valentine's is Jesus. Like he oh, loves us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. come on, Sorry. Pastor. Get with us. Sl- I'm a slow. Happy I'm Valentine's a little slow. Day from Jesus. He loves you. <laughs> he he has wiped you, washed you clean. Oh, I was going to say wipe, but because I'm a mom, I use a lot of wipes on my kids' faces. He washed us clean. <laughs> with and, with yeah. wipes, with baby yes, wipes. Yes, with my baby wipes, yes. <laughs> I'm sure it was much nicer than that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, so a couple of things on Valentine's Day. We have a couple of sweet love stories, of course. And then uh, you wanted to talk as well about the Make America Great Again dress, which we will. And then I wanted to talk about... Um, Oh, poor little Hope. I'm, I know you're sick of hearing about my kids, but I must be getting into that complicated stage because they're second, fourth, and fifth. Oh, yeah. We went to my son's uh, middle school, you know, uh, kind of like precursor little meeting. Yeah. And, uh, and that, of course, freaks me out because of the things they're starting to talk about right. and things that he's starting to yes. see and kids are showing him that, whoa, you know, a sleepover when somebody pulled up something that was completely inappropriate. And the, a lot of the mom's kids did tell them, but then no one told, like, the mom. So oh. I told the mom who was holding the party. Yeah. And she said, oh, that's really good for me to know. Um, and I didn't know her. And we've become friends over oh, the cool. last month. Yeah. Cool. So, um, okay. And the other thing that, oh, this is, okay, I'm, I get sad just talking about oh, it. No. And I'm so wrong for learning about this because I know our kids are in God's hands. I've been in Hope's room a lot. And she'd said to me, her classroom in fourth grade, and she'd said to me, I want you to come to school because no one really sits by me. I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, I want you to have lunch with me. I only have a couple of friends, and the other table's real crowded. I said, why don't you sit? You play, you know, sports with those girls. You swim with them. You play basketball with them. We have volleyball with uh, some of them. We have baseball, softball. I mean, it's a lot of sports we're in with some of these girls. Right, right. And she said, well, that's the cool table. Oh. That she's not invited to. Uh I know. And so I was like, okay, my husband's like, look, I was picked on. I had giant ears. I wasn't necessarily popular. He really didn't date, which I think actually made him nicer because he looks a little bit like Tom Brady, or he did when I met him. You know, he's really handsome. Yeah. And, um, and he still is handsome. Don't get me wrong. He doesn't look like Tom Brady anymore. An is old, he listening? An old, an old Tom Brady. No, he doesn't listen to my show. Neither does my mom, for that matter. She's like, oh, I really love what they had on Care KS. I'm like, really? Because for six years, I've been over at Crawford. Are you familiar with our call letters? My show that I do. But my nanny, she listens to me all the time. There you go. The second grandma. All right. So, um, Okay. My husband said I wasn't popular as part of life. Like, yeah. Big deal. Yeah. So then I'm sitting there at all these events with the moms that I'm friends with some of them. And I kind of figured out what it might be. Like she's a bit of a spaz. Like I was around <laughs> her and a bunch of the other kids. And one of the girls had said to my son, you're just like your sister. You're so annoying. 
And so they both got that comment lately. Maybe uh, I'm annoying. Maybe they inherited it from me. I don't know. My husband certainly can be. <laughs> it's the thing, the things we pass on to our kids, right? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, she's real full of energy and a year younger than most of the kids. So her level seems to be not fourth grade. It seems more like she's friends with a lot of third graders. Sure, sure. So I'm like, I'm overwrought with guilt that I put her in school early. I'm overwrought with guilt that somehow I didn't do enough play dates because I don't do those. I'm overwrought with guilt because we don't do sleepovers, you know. And so all these kids have been bonding over the last few years, and I feel like my kid hasn't been able to bond because I have this crazy schedule where I get it at 3 a.m., and I feel like I've, I haven't helped her. I don't think you should worry about it too much because I think uh, a lot of people that are really successful didn't have friends. Look at Bill Gates. I'm going to tell her that. Look at Bill Gates. Like Bill Gates didn't have friends until after college. You know. In fact, don't let her have friends. Yeah, no friends for you. Yes, yes. No, but a lot of people, you know, like. um, Lady Gaga is one of them. She said she didn't have friends. She was really awkward, and oh, nobody yeah. liked her all through high school. And oh, now I they want to get to know her because she's popular and famous and yeah. successful. Yeah. <laughs> but she's still, I mean, all of her songs are about that, too. So maybe she, that's where she, yeah. it's the muse. Well, and I know that, you know, they're on loan to us that the Lord doesn't t- tell us to control their lives. That's I right. can't go and bring, like, I brought candy on Friday for her table. Well, that helps. Yeah. <laughs> and I walked around with her. You know, I walked around. With her. And the, here's something that really bothered me. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. This really ticked me off. Can I say that on Christian radio? I was ticked. You can. You My can. mom says ticked all the time. I was ticked off. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what it means, to be honest with you. I don't either. Yeah, I don't either. I hope it's good. But I've said it I too, so. <laughs> okay. I hope it's good. All right, so. Uh, there's a new kid, so Hope made her a bracelet. Yeah. And, um, oh, nice. And I was there with her that morning because I was watching her basketball game. And um, the new girl was coming in with her dad, and they just moved from another state. And I said, oh, are you the new girl? Oh, nice to meet you. This is my daughter, Hope. She made a bracelet for you. So the girl smiled, and then the dad smiled, and then the next day I'm there, right? And I'm out on the playground, and I said, well, did you ask the new girl to play since she's alone? Because she'd said, do you want to be my friend that first day? And she said, yeah. oh, yeah, sure. That's how sweet, though, my daughter is. Right, right. She'll ask another kid. She doesn't care about the popularity thing. She thinks she's friends with everybody. Everybody, right. Yeah. So she said, will you be my friend? So then I'm on the playground with her, and I, she's swinging alone, and all the kids are playing in groups. Who Hope is? Yeah. Oh. And so I come up, and I'm like, why are you on the swings all alone? She goes, well, my friend said I can't play the game with them again until Monday. What? I said, what, what do you mean? She said, well, they just kind of kicked me out of the game, and I can't play again until Monday. And again, maybe she's annoying. Like, I don't know. Like, why are they kicking her out? I don't right. think she's annoying. I think she's super sweet with lots right. of energy, right? right? So then I said, what about the new kid? Did you ask her to play? And this is where you wonder if, like, they get, like, poisoned by other kids. She said, yeah, I did. And she said, I don't want to play with you. Oh, no. The new kid told my daughter, who made her a bracelet, I don't want to play with you. And, but ho- hope's so tough. She's like, that's okay. I got lots of friends. I'm just going to give her her space. <laughs> like her perception wow. is everyone really likes her. Right, right. And I don't think they dislike her. I just don't think they necessarily include her. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I like totally want to control it. Like, don't you know yeah, that she's a great kid? She's so cute. She's athletic. She's smart. The teacher loves her. I mean, he right. thinks she's like the best thing ever. Right. Yeah. I, you know, my daughter, uh, who's now graduating from high school this year, was a lot like that in some respects. I mean, really sweet girl, not necessarily athletic and, and tons of energy, but, but really sweet, but didn't always have a lot of friends. And she was the pastor's kid, so she was held to a certain standard. There, there is and you, that, Sometimes yeah. you can't be cool because you can't, okay, here's something else they don't do. They don't talk in a bad manner, some of the kids are starting to do, exactly and they're right. popular, those kids that use mm-hmm. bad words and say bad, inappropriate things, like they get a lot of attention. Yep. My kids don't do that. Right. 
Yeah, and and Katrina was the same way, and she would even you know now she did have an issue. She would tell on kids a lot. Oh, <laughs> she tell on herself too. It was kind of like this. As a matter of fact, it it that was annoying even to us. She'd come home and go, Dad, I did this day. I'm like. I really don't want to know. Like, you don't have to tell me every little thing you do right, wrong. Yeah, yeah. So we had all, all these conversations about when you tell and when you don't and, you know, what's what's appropriate. And so she struggled with that, too. But I will tell you, you know, looking back on, on those things, it really did strengthen her. I mean, I, she has become a stronger person because of it. Okay, here's the other thing. They don't seem to really care when they're left out. Like when my son didn't get invited to this birthday party, which, by the way, when another kid, my son was the backup. Oh, there's my tripod. I left it here. My son, <laughs> my son was the backup. Eight kids could come to the party. He was the only kid on the basketball team not invited. You know, and that's my husband's team. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. And so um, he was the backup. One kid couldn't come, and um, so my son got invited. Yeah. And so basically... Um, He's now going, and, but he said, I don't care. He goes, well, he could only invite eight kids, he said, so I wasn't on the list. And my, my, my son's very competitive athletically, and he sometimes critiques other kids. I said, yeah. dude, that's how you get left off of your friend's you know, party right, list when right. you give him a critique. No kid wants a, another kid on his team telling him his mistakes. He's fully aware of it. He shouldn't have made that three-point shot that he missed. Right. He knows that. He, he gets it. You don't have to remind him. Exactly. So he got invited to that, and he didn't care. And Faith had her issue where the girls were taunting her because it's another stupid birthday party. And she said, Mom, it's not a big deal. That's right. what she told me. So I need to not overreact and, like, make them think it's a big deal. Yeah. Right? Well, I think that's true, but I also think it's a bigger deal than they're letting on for them. Oh, okay. You know, I, th I it think— It is hurtful. Faith cried. Oh, it's sure. Cool. They taunted her till she cried several sure. times. And she's learning to deal with it, and there's some positive aspects to that. And, you know, it'll— there are ways in which it will make her stronger, but it also hurts. Well, but and she's also, I invited that kid to a play date, even though she wasn't invited to her party. Yeah. And she was getting taunted about it. And uh, then Faith said, I'm inviting her to my birthday party. So I guess Great. I tell them a lot. You have to be kind to people, even when they're not kind to you, because they, sometimes you have to teach them how to be kind to you. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I have always believed that. And I told my daughter and, and I tell my son, uh, although he's in a different place than she is but for years I've told her Katrina it's more important to be respected than it is to be liked okay that's and, a great point yeah and I and I and I because I think when I was in high school I was respected um by a lot of people but right. I was not necessarily liked by I didn't get the party invitations and right. I was on the football you know I wasn't right. an unpopular kid I was on the football team I, right. you know lifted away I was a jock you and weren't fun because you weren't getting drunk I wasn't getting drunk I wasn't doing drugs I didn't curse a lot okay. I didn't I didn't in engage in all the uh inappropriate conversation yeah. that took place right. and so I wasn't the I wasn't the guy that everybody go, hey, let's 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 party with him and and, and with John. And right. so, so I would sometimes it's good not to be invited. Yeah. But there are certain things that happened, especially later in my high school career, that that I, I can tell you, I'm pretty certain there was a lot of respect for me. But right. Not necessarily the guy they not invited. The, to parties. Yeah. The, the most popular guy. Yeah. All right. Dave, you're nodding. You weren't popular. Oh, no, <laughs> I, I was not. Popular, None of those no. were popular. <laughs> no, I was very unpopular. Well, I went to five high schools, though, so I was always oh, the new kid. Oh, my gosh. Five. That's wow. hard. It was yeah. hard. And so I was always the guy sitting by himself. And I was like, it's funny, those stories we show on here, like um, the girl who used Google. Remember the girl who used Google to talk to the, to the Spanish? To the yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. I was always that kid getting this sympathy that I hated <laughs> that sympathy. And oh, I was just really? like, I'm not like a, you know, I'm not disabled or something. I'm just moved here, you know. So I got that a lot. And so I sat eating lunch and reading by myself pretty yeah. much all through really? high school. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, and I had respect of my peers. I was always in theater and stuff uh -huh, like that. Uh -huh. And um, 
and I played sports and I was good at that stuff, but I was always like, no. Gosh, uh, you know, they'd always be popular, like, we're all going to know? get we're all going actually, to get pizza after. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not going to go get pizza. <laughs> I moved around a little bit because I was in like a foster home and then I lived with a relative and then I my mom moved and I moved back with my dad for a short time. And so I did go to some different schools. I was all, always relatively popular, but I was a really good student. So, I, you know, my, my parents didn't do any sports or anything right, like that. Right. It was too dysfunctional to be able to take you know time out for sports. But I, I did well in school. So I always had friends, but in my last high school, Fairview and Boulder, I only had like three friends. Right. You know, because I really, I came new and like you, Dave, it's really hard in high school to get into a circle of friends. I think unless you're in sports. Yeah. I mean, when I was, when I played sports, I mean, I was always friends with the people on the team. Right. And there was even a, a sense in which, like, especially the football team, there was even a sense in, sense in which I was protected by them in yeah. some in some respects. Right, I wasn't right. a big guy. I was maybe 150 pounds when I graduated from high school, 155 somewhere in there. And I played defensive back, and and you know, so I was small. I was somewhat fast, not super fast, but somewhat fast. And so, and so I I could have been the kid that got picked on, but because of my uh, involvement with football, I was protected away for from sure. the bullies. Yeah, yeah, and I did have some you know, when I my freshman and sophomore year. I had some friends that were athletes and were seniors, and that always helps too. But yeah, absolutely. All right, so I guess the lesson here is uh, they'll learn through a lot of these instances where they aren't where they're left out. But boy, it's hard to watch it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it is what it is. It is, and because she's so sweet, I just it cracks my heart yeah. when she's left out. Okay, let's uh, talk about this good news story about the little boy and the Valentines. This is a great one. So uh, that's one Dave really likes too. I just thought, hey, it's Valentine's Day. Rather than share these stories about our kids being unpopular and you, <laughs> and you two being unpopular. <laughs> ah, just oh. kidding. Wow. Oh, I'm just kidding. Okay, good I'm news story about no, a little kid getting some Valentine. <laughs> this mailbox is filling up, but it isn't your ordinary post box. Instead, it's being used to store hundreds of Valentines for one little boy in the middle of the fight for his life. I know we'll have more than a thousand. The community is working together for five-year-old Timmy Nelson, a kindergartner in Waverly Schools who just learned the tumor on the roof of his mouth is cancer. Mom Cassandra is having to drop out of her early childhood education classes at Ohio University Chillicothe to care for him. But her teachers and classmates decided that wasn't going to be the end of things. He's going to miss his Valentine party, and who doesn't remember that? And I said, we're going to do a Valentine drive. Now, just one week later, cards are flooding in from all over Ohio. I truly believe we're going to see at least 2,000, if not more. And that, to me, shows the goodness of people. The class is taking it a step farther, collecting donations to help the family deal with the commute to nationwide children's while Timmy gets chemo. It's a rare form of cancer, and she just hope that they can take care of it within the next year. Timmy couldn't talk to us today. He had to go to the hospital with a fever. Mom tells me they don't have the words to express their gratitude to the community. It's an effort now to make this fight against cancer more about love. Make it as uh, kind of a community situation instead of a personal problem. Pretty cute. Yeah. You know, that so many people reached out to him. Yeah, well, and man, it's amazing how... A little thing, how little things can make such a big difference. There's this guy at the at the gym where I work out, and he's been fighting cancer for a long time. And when I heard about it, um, initially, he he just talked to me about how oh, the cancer's back and all this kind of stuff. And 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 I just said, hey man, can I pray for you? 
and 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 he's like oh yeah that's cool and and so you know i've been praying for him for a long time but he'll he'll give me updates now it, it was the beginning of a relationship and he and he just feels loved and i think these kids you know when they anybody really when they when when you're willing to reach out even do little things give a card whatever it matters more than you can possibly imagine yeah, it is. Isn't that surprising? Because, you know, Michelle Ron, who uh, visits here a lot, one of our speakers, she sent me a card the other day because she's going to Florida for several months. And it was just so sweet. It was about uh, our friendship, our relationship. And then Beatrice uh, said, you've helped me more than you'll ever know. Like she mm, sent me a, um, yeah. a, a, a note, like a little note in the mail. I mean, that's unusual to get notes in the mail. It is. and and But it's so important. And this is one of the things that uh, I started to practice not – just recently that every every monday now i'm writing thank you cards I to people that. yeah and and it and it really is just and i'm putting them in the mail i'm not sending them an yeah, email yeah. i'm not you know it's not messaging on facebook or texting wow. or it's, it's going to be a just a physical card and i think it just matters a lot there's a lot of effort put into sitting down and writing, writing. something and thinking about what you're going to write and, and, and finding a stamp oh. and when you check out do you want ice or stamps yes i want stamps right well <laughs> I'll admit, I just kind of give it to my administrative assistant. Oh, but anyway, okay. yeah, okay. she All does right. that part for me. Is but that she called a wife because that's what most guys have an administrative assistant. And they no. call their wife because my husband's a coach and he doesn't even know the website to look for the <laughs> time of the games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is not my wife. This is actually my okay. my administrative okay. assistant. Okay. All right. Oh, that's so funny. All right, we have another good news story. And I thought Valentine's Day. This is so sweet to share. This is a husband who grew closer after a brush with death and they are so crazy about each other and they're you know he's in his 90s here we go at st Clair's hospital in denville new jersey they still can't stop talking about it you don't forget any call like that a few months ago these emergency responders got a call for a man with chest pain and what a heart they found first thing he said was don't let me die he said that to me too he said all he wanted to do is take his wife out to ruth chris for dinner her favorite restaurant it's pretty cute those were the final words of 91-year-old Joe Lefkin. His last wish before suffering a major heart attack was to take his wife to dinner one last time. It seemed as though he loved her a great deal. His wife, Margie, can't tell you how hard it is to lose the love of your life. Can't tell you because her husband's death was short-lived. Oh, you're making me lunch, honey? Yes, darling. Joe was gone just 10 minutes before medics restarted his heart. And what amazed them was what he woke up shouting. He said, Ruth Chris. You know, he's coming back from the dead. He's saying the same thing. Exactly. He said exactly the same thing. Joe got his dinner with Margie. On the house, of course. But they say the greater gift is still giving. We're just closer. If that's, po if that's possible, is this true, Boom? Oh, yeah. She's one in a million, Steve. <laughs> I can still make her swoon. You want to see it? Yeah. Well, no, no, I take that back. Okay. <laughs> meant no when I said yeah. Are we too much? Did you too much? Yeah. <laughs> this weekend, couples across America will go out, assuming there will be many more Valentines to come. Here's something else. But not Joe and Margie. They will go to dinner, appreciating each other now more than ever. Steve, she's got six men. No, that don't. Don't say that. Don't say that. Please don't say that. You're on the air. And they're all waiting for me to check out. You shouldn't say that. You've got that. so many guys that love you. Well, you're on the air. Well, he's going to cut this all out. Please, I hope so. you got to love. I'm going to feel the way I do. Young love. Today, because you make me feel so young. <laughs> yep.
Oh my gosh. That's Happy so Valentine's awesome. Day to them. How awesome is that? That's amazing. Oh. Man, if I lived to 90, I'm, I, I'm hoping that I'm just like that guy. And my wife's just like that girl. <laughs> you know? That's so sweet. That's I amazing. Love that. I know we're so blessed to have our spouses. Always speak, you know, well of them when you're with your friends or if you're irritated with them. My husband giggles because he's listened to the show a few times and said, people don't want to hear how great a husband I am. They want to hear all the horrible stuff. <laughs> I said, no, they don't. It's Christian radio. All right, Pastor John, tell everyone about your church. Uh, Grace Fellowship of Lakewood. Our website's gfol.org. And it's just a few minutes from Denver, by the way, and it's a wonderful church. We'll be right back with the good news. I'm Angie Austin. Good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hi, it's Angie with the good news. I want to tell you about Caitlin. She's seven and she lost her mom to cancer. And we have Adam Katz on the line. And Adam has an idea of how we could help her. For $65, we can sponsor Caitlin for a session of equine therapy. And now Caitlin lost her mom, Adam. And with the Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation, you help kids like Caitlin. Tell us how it's helping her. She loves the equine therapy. She always comes into the ranch very quiet. But as soon as she sees her horse, she just lights up. And for that hour, she has no care in the world. Such I love a it. beautiful thing to see. So for just $65, uh, we can sponsor Caitlin for one of these sessions where she gets to ride a horse and uh, work through her loss. Again, at just seven years old, she lost her mom to uh, breast cancer. The Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation helps these kids be kids. Adam Katz is my friend. I highly recommend this charity. And if you'd like to sponsor Caitlin, give Adam a call. 720-530-9482. 720-530-9482. And that is DoreenKatzMemorial.org. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Angie. Hi, it's Angie with the good news. Well, the good news is that if you're feeling loss, a loss of a loved one, loss of a job, just feeling down and like you're stuck in the past, Sandy Steffes is a friend of mine. Sandy Steffes, Spirit Coaching, spirit-coaching.net, 720-353-9573. She has come up with a plan that helps you get unstuck, get out of the past, set goals, and move forward. If you'd like to work with Sandy, I highly recommend her. Again, Sandy Steffes, spiritcoaching.net, 720-353-9573. Natalie Corrado of Remax is the realtor that truly does it all. But don't take my word for it. Just listen to some of the reviews from her website, livingdenver.com. Valerie and Highlands Ranch said, Natalie's knowledge and expertise, as well as her professionalism and warm personality, more than exceeded our expectations. My mother stated that we need to clone her. And how about Jen and Parker? What else to say about Natalie Corrado except amazing? She made the home buying process stress-free and easy. And just listen to what Courtney and Kylan of Castle Rock said. We couldn't have asked for a smoother transaction. And definitely could not have done it without Natalie as our realtor. If you use Natalie, you're not going to regret it. She is the best. When you have Natalie on your side, you won't be wondering if you made the right choice. It doesn't matter if you are selling your house, buying a new house, or both. Find Natalie Corrado at Remax Realtors at livingdenver.com and she will get the job done. Hello there, hello there, producer Dave. Today, sitting in for Angie Austin. She couldn't make it, but I could not pass up at this opportunity to interview um, uh, this local author. She's um, She seems pretty amazing from what I've read. Her 
She grew up on four different continents. She is a specializes in babies. She worked in the NICU unit for several years. She wrote this book, which has been helping me with my own two boys, The Confident Parent Caring for Your Little One Without Losing Your Joy, Your Mind, or Yourself. How are you doing today, Dr. Jane? I'm doing great. Thank you, Dave. So, uh... So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I know I just gave you a short introduction, but I, I mean, I barely scratched the surface from what I understand. <laughs> it's, it's been a, an interesting path. So um, you, you can probably hear from the accents. I wasn't born in this country. Um, I was actually born in Kenya and lived there until I was about 11 and a half. And my parents were sort of international family. Uh, my dad was a civil engineer. And that brought me to a lot of traveling all over the world to different international contracts. And uh, so I can, of course, I had itchy feet, so I had to continue after I left home. And during my marriage, uh, I have been traveling around the world, living in sometimes deserts in South Africa and Australia and rearing four children. And uh, then went to medical school with the four kids and the seven which was quite an interesting experience. Yeah, that couldn't have been easy. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, it was a day-to-day. <laughs> but, uh, but a wonderful career. Um, I did my, um, my medical school in Colorado. Uh, I did my uh, pediatric uh, internship and residency and a fellowship in neonatology at Duke University. And since that time, uh, I was working not only in neonatology, but I continued a very strong interest in pediatrics. And uh, at the end of that career, um, I decided to actually start continue uh, working for children if I possibly could to continue to give back. And so my current um, uh, skill set has uh, developed in uh, developing uh, medical devices for infants to try to improve their outcomes uh, once they leave the NICU. Um, and so that's really what I'm doing. And in the meantime, I wrote a book in the hopes that I could help parents unravel some of the, uh, I think, anxiety and uh, just give a little bit more focus on what really matters. Well, it's very impressive. Uh, I don't know where you find the time, but that's part of the book, too, is making the time, you know? It is. It's, it's prioritizing time. We, we only have so much. We only have so much bandwidth. And uh, so in my book, I'm, I try to help parents to recognize what might be, you know, more important than other things. Um, and uh, I, I do think that's a huge part of managing to uh, get things into your daily life. And the other thing that I feel, uh, certainly coming to this country, uh, really needs to be focused on. Americans are such lovely people. Seriously, Dave, they are some of the nicest people I've ever met in my travels around the world. Uh, compassionate, caring, and giving. And yet I feel like often parents find themselves isolated, trying to do this whole, uh, almost having to become bionic woman, you know, trying to balance everything. And the truth is we need to share. We need to share with our friends. We need to share with our relatives. Uh, What I experienced, even in third world countries, moms are never on their own. The whole village helps them. You know, if they, if mom couldn't make enough milk or was tired or sick, somebody else in the village would actually help her feed the child. 
Now, I'm not saying that we have to do, go to that extent, but I'm trying to point out an example of it's very common for, for moms around the world to get tremendous help, um, and I don't see enough of that. And sometimes I feel like even if people offer help, moms feel like they're failing in their, in their job. Yeah, if you accept parent, help. If yeah. they accept it. I know that feeling. You do? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've, I have a... My my older son will be three next month, and my other mm-hmm. son will be eighteen months next month. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I mean, I understand the feeling, and one of my things, is, which I think kind of interesting, goes along the lines of we need to accept help, is the anxiety from the pressure. It's almost not even internal pressure; this external pressure to be like the best. And yes. I think that's something I got from your book is that it's unnecessary and it's unique to us. It, it is. Um, when, when uh, uh, you know, I've, I've chatted with, with parents now for years in clinics, it's like, gosh, you know, <laughs> what do I need to say to you to help you to just relax and enjoy your child? This is not meant to be a war. This is meant to be natural, normal. And what, what can I say to help you? And I think that was part of the inspiration of writing this book. Sure, where to, the book came from. Spend the time and help to break it down and analyze it, and and why and why do things uh, seem to be more difficult than they should be? Sure, sure. And one thing I liked about reading through it is not only did you kind of overview a lot of this stuff and you know the the general idea, but you also went into some specifics. Um, I particularly was fascinated by the picky eater section, um, mm-hmm. just because. Not that my kids, they're not as picky as some other kids I know, but um, just from your advice, actually, I wanted to ask you about this as, uh, you know, just from uh, the professional perspective, especially when you're trying to hurry and hurry and hurry, you know, like this morning, my, my son, he wants to take an hour to eat breakfast, but when we have 25 minutes, and that kind of fuels that anxiety and fuels that whole thing where it's like, okay, well, here's the Pop-Tart, here's easier, and not that I feed him Pop-Tarts, but but here's whatever that's just easier, some crackers or peanut butter on, you know, club crackers, instead of eating that those eggs I made for you. How do you think right. you overcome that, um, even though once you've gotten to a s- certain point? One, one of the things that uh, I feel really makes a difference in that, um, and, and I hear a lot of moms feel like that, that morning time is, is very, very stressful. And I really believe that if you could just add 15 or 20 minutes extra before you have to go out that door, uh, you, you would feel so much better when, when, when you left. I mean, you've got children that are 18 months and three. You've got, both of your children are in that stage where you know, they're transitioning from babyhood, which where they're so incredibly dependent on your, your providing their every need, comforting them, feeding them, changing them, directing all, everything in their lives. And so your 18-month-old really isn't a whole lot more mature, truthfully, than that little baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they can, he can probably walk and talk, and so we give them that, we, we feel like they're more mature, but they're really just coming out of babyhood, hasn't got any skills to, you know, uh, have what I call executive function. They can't really rationalize, 
So you really, you really need to have the time to not get upset with them and because they can't do everything consistently. Maybe they did something yesterday, but they can't do it today and they're wanting your help and you're wondering why. You know, he knows how to do it. Well, actually, his brain really isn't programmed yet to be consistent with all those skills. And so I think that knowledge can be really helpful. And your three-year-old's in the same deal, a little more mature, but really hasn't got rational thinking yet. Um, and so you have to compensate. And so allowing yourself a, a bit more time so that you can come in and be supportive to that child rather than getting upset and feeling like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. Give yourself a little more time. You will feel so much better when you leave home. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a challenge, too, just getting them up earlier then because that, the, that would be the choice, you know, is sorry you have to sleep 15 minutes less so that we have more time to, to do right. all this stuff rather than right. I'm going to be late to work, you know. Yeah, yeah, I had to be the medical school, believe me. I, yeah, I, of course. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and one day, uh, I don't believe this was in the book, but one day my girlfriend called me um, at 7.30 in the morning, and, of course, I had to be out before 8, and she said, have you been watching the news? And it was like, Lydia, why, you know, why are you thinking I have time to sit down and watch the news, okay? <laughs> you know I couldn't be doing that. I'm racing around here trying to get everything ready for the kids and for me. And she said, your daycare has burned down. I, I stopped in my tracks. And it was like, oh, my goodness, now how am I going to deal with four children and no daycare? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And she was kind enough that she said, look, just bring them all over to me. I'll get them, you know, to school. I'll, I will uh, look after the little one. And when I came home that night wondering what on earth I could do, she had gone. This is a true friend. She had gone, and she had uh, actually observed at all the local daycares, because now we had 300 children displaced. She went to the local daycares. She observed. She picked the one that she knew would be the one I would be the most comfortable with, with and signed the kids in so that the next day I just went to a new daycare. <laughs> that, that's the sort of thing that people can really do and help, you know, what would otherwise be an almost, you know, a panic situation. Sure, yeah, that's a, that's a really good friend. Not That's everybody a really has good that. friend. She's still <laughs> Not my friend. Has that, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and then so as we go through this book, um, what actually one thing I wanted to ask you about from a from an expert's point of view is my my son is extremely emotional. Um, both my wife and I take kind of a more laid back approach the, uh, to raising our kids than a lot of our friends and even our our in laws, my in laws. Um, it's not so much control, and we kind of let them. I, I try to be, especially try to be way more laid back and like no rules and just kind of do whatever. And, you know, when you're with dad, it's just going to be chill. However, my son still very, very often over very trivial things, huge emotional outbursts. Is that a common thing? Is there something I could do to help ease those or to get past that? Is that just something that three-year-olds do? Uh, yeah. That, actually, what you've described to me is exactly where his little brain maturity is that's all they can do respond with emotion okay don't don't be concerned about it at this stage at all just 
make him feel secure. That's the best thing that I can tell you. Make him feel secure. By the time he comes out, four and a half, five, all of that's going to pass, okay. and he'll be fine. But do make him feel secure because that's what he needs right now. Sure, the sure. Rest of it'll I get come accused out. of being a coddler a lot because. Uh, I will do that. So what? You know, <laughs> the truth is that you you are recognizing actually uh, what I could have said. All I can do is respond with emotion at this stage. Mm-hmm. Now there's a variation. You know, there always is in in anything. Children, you know, there are some that are more this way and some that are less that way. But it's normal. Don't don't be. Uh, you know, very concerned about it. Other children present with, you know, saying things that are really almost quite rude and hateful uh, to parents. And they're, they're very worried, you know, that these kids are going to have, you know, more of an aggressive temperament. Just let it go. Let it go. Make him feel secure. Love him as much as you can. And you watch the change that will come out of that. I really like that. Uh, I know uh, when... When my wife was pregnant, and then in uh, for both times, and when we we had the little baby, it seems like strangers have no problems offering parenting advice, and it's one of those weird things where other things they're like, oh, I don't want to offer my advice. It's they'll do their own thing. But if, when it comes to kids, even you know, like even strangers will just tell you things. Um, that's one of the reasons I had an aversion to parenting books in the first place. But I thought that your approach on this one was different than other places. Yeah, I I hope it is different because uh, when I've read some of these parenting books, I feel like I might also feel scared, you know. There's such a high bar, and unfortunately, a lot of people who do give parenting experience really don't understand, certainly don't understand the neurophysiology or the psychology. And so I tend in the book to try to say, you know, just kind of, you know, let it go, let it go. They're, they're usually not parenting experts. They're using their own experience, and many times they'll make you feel very uncomfortable. Uh, part of what I'm trying to do with the book is to make people feel much more comfortable with your own decisions, your own choices, and not be as concerned about what everybody else thinks you should be doing at all. Sure. Yeah, I remember reading What to Expect and uh, just being, I had I was a ball of emotions back then, obviously, but I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it after reading that book. Well, and, and you know, exactly. It, and that's really one of the reasons I tried to write this book is that I feel strongly that parents need to be supported, uh, not judged in any way, shape, or form. You know, and for me, the constant parent is the parent who does learn to be comfortable with their own decisions and feels good about the good things they do. We all, we all make mistakes. We can't perseverate on those things. We need to look at the good things we do because, believe me, there is nobody who can be the perfect parent. It's an unattainable skill. <laughs> It really is. Yeah, I mean, I've I've said that for a long time. There's not, I'm, there's no way I can get through this without making mistakes. But that's why for Father's Day I got a shirt that says "The world's okayest dad." Good, good, <laughs> good. Um, that's, that's correct. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so we're um, getting down to just last couple minutes. I just let's talk about the most important thing that you think people should take from this book. Tell us where we can get this book, and just remind us what what it's called and what it's all about. Yeah, it's actually readily available in three different styles. We've got the paper book, we've got an e-book, 
And what I think is really nice is we have an audio book. I think it's imperative. People are busy. This is something that could be listened to, you know, while you're doing other things. Um, and certainly, uh, if you go on my website, there's a whole bunch of online sites uh, where they can purchase. And what was your uh, website? I'm sorry. What is it? Sorry. What's the website? The website is theconfidentparentbook.com. Okay. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. And then what else? Uh, also Facebook. Uh, Facebook. It, it's worthy of going on Facebook. I have a nice little following of other parents, and I think that's always nice and supportive too. Yeah, support. That, that seems to be really the most important thing. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Jane. Um, this has been uh, amazing. And um, I hope we get to have you on the show again. Let us know if you ever come out with a new book or, you know, if you ever want to come in and talk about um, the medical devices that you were coming up with or anything like that. Let us know, and uh, we would love to have you back. Thank you so much, Dave. You have a great day. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Well, that was Dr. Jane Scott, the confident parent caring for your little one without losing your joy, your mind, or yourself. Um, that was awesome. I, I hope that this helps any parents out there, no matter what age your kids are, um, look up this book and go give it a shot, and I think it could really help anybody out. Thanks, guys. See you soon. All right, if you are looking for the most amazing place to go with your family where you will create so many memories, then go to my favorite place that hopefully will become your favorite place, YMCA of the Rockies, two locations, Snow Mountain Branch and also Estes Park. They've got a deal now as you head into spring. Now, dates vary, but the deal is phenomenal. Three nights in a lodge room for $168, and it includes two free breakfasts, and you get almost all of the activities for free. You get to swim. You get to roller skate. At one of the locations, there's a lot of sledding. They give you the tubes for free to borrow. You can also pay a little extra for rock climbing. They've got a lot of neat events. But the cabin deal is also really good. A three-bedroom cabin you can get for as low as $145 per night. So it's a four-night stay in a three-bedroom cabin for $582. Call 888-613-9622. 888-613-9622. Or you can head to the website, ymcarockies.org. Your next shopping trip could change the lives of some very special people right here in Colorado. When you shop at ARC Thrift Stores, you'll not only save money, but you'll also give back to our community by helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, just like these ARC ambassadors. A lot of people, they have misconceptions about people with disabilities. A lot of them think that we can't do things that other people can do, and that's just not true. We can do what other people can do. It may take us a little bit more time to do it, but we can. We're just like any other human being. We have feelings and we have emotions, and if given the chance, we can shop. And I think that ARC has done a very good job at showing that. I like it there, and it helps me out to learn about reading off the labels and stuff. I like helping out different people, a lot of different people I help out. Find the ARC store near you at arcthrift.org. It's nonprofit, and it's a great company to work for and a great place to shop. And remember, every Saturday, you get 50% off most items in the store. 
Hey, it's Angie Austin. Do you want to lose weight, have more energy, sleep better, just feel better, live longer, not get sick? Yeah, me too. So a little over a year ago, my family started working with Dr. Joe, and he has helped us so much, especially with my mom. She's now walking again. Uh, She uses a cane, but she wears a pedometer as well, Dr. Joe. And every Saturday, you offer for all of us. We can come to your office, have a free workout, or just watch the workout and come and ask you questions and meet you. It costs them nothing, no obligation. I just want people to get to know you and your passion for health. Science says the key to sleeping better, the key to depression, the key to losing weight and balancing hormones is exercise. But not a lot of it, just 6 to 12 minutes a day. And so whether I'm working with Olympic athletes or professional athletes or mommies and daddies, people in their 50s, 60s, even 70s on these workouts on Saturday at 830, man, we have a great time. And it literally is a 12-minute workout. It's all it is. And it's easy stuff to do. You work at your own pace and you get amazing results. Yes, yeah, so come to North Glen. Saturdays, it's free. How do they reach you, Dr. Joe? Call my cell phone, 303-349-6011. Again, 303-349-6011. Welcome back to the good news. Dr. Joe Arve is here. He just had his big beginning of year event to get people uh, uh, losing weight, feeling better, more energy, living longer. And what do you say? Uh, would you rather be, be on the cruise ship or the rest home? I, I think that's a pretty obvious choice. So what are we, what's next? Dr. Well, Joe? actually, this event's so big, we had to have it over two days. Really? So we're having the same event again this Saturday, uh, February the 11th at 12 o'clock. Get there early. But, uh, yeah, the last time we did our, our cancer killer event, we packed it out, had over 100 people, and our place holds about that much. All the wow. parking spots were full. So we, we, we decided that, okay, let's do the same talk. Let's do it twice and, and keep it twice as nice. So uh, it's this Saturday, and, and, again, it's all about revitalizing your life. It's re-energizing your life, that we realize that God made you as a spirit, as emotional mind, and a body. And the whole world is, is telling you how to take care of your body, how to lose weight, how to do all these things. But they're leaving two-thirds of you out, which is your mind and your emotions and your spirit. And so what we're going to show you, and, and people loved it. It's, this, this event was mo- one of the most life-giving events that we did because we, we talked about how do you strengthen your spirit? How do you strengthen your mind on a daily basis? And when you do that, you create a life of peace. So now your habits improve because you value yourself and your weight begins to optimize. Your energy begins to return. Your give a darn comes back and you really become a new person <laughs> that, that can I be like that. consistently sustained. So what daily habits can you do to feed yourself that really helps you achieve the results and the dreams that you've been chasing after? How, what are some of those daily habits? You know, first of all, you have to quit thinking about what others say about you and focus on what God says about you. I like that. You know, uh, as far as you have to be, know where every minute's going to be spent before the day gets there and say, okay, I choose joy, I choose peace, I choose healing. You know, you have to remember what your goal is and make sure your day is helping you achieve that. You have to know how to listen. What Things like as simple as getting to bed on time and getting seven to eight hours of, of sleep each night has a huge effect on weight loss and depression and hormone balance. So it's just living your life every day on purpose so that you can fulfill your purpose, live out your mission, and in the process, lose weight, look great, feel young. It's literally what I've been doing for the last 30 years. And, you know, and so why have I been to two Olympics? Why have I helped a, a professional team succeed? Why do I help professional athletes succeed? Why do I help? We had three mamas this month deliver three healthy babies, and the, the births were simple because of what we teach on helping helping making your mind, your emotions, your body strong on a daily basis, you get to conquer and become that person God created you to be. 
And, you know, one of my friends uh, about what God speaks about, you mentioned that she actually puts her name in there in some of the scriptures where it's talking about you and what God thinks of you. And she'll even put her name in there and then read the scriptures out loud so that she can really drill it into her head that that's what the Lord thinks of her, that she's, you know, so perfectly made. Right. And you have to look at your culture. I mean, what what is your family culture like? What is your work culture like? You know, what's your environment like? Do you know how to protect your mood? Do you know how to protect your environment? Because why do we eat things? Why do we feel like we need a break? Why do we eat that ice cream at night? Because it, it's somehow we're trying to drug our pain, either spiritually or emotionally or physically. And we, and, and we and literally we show a powerful video that says, listen, every day you have a choice. At lunchtime, do I pick the diet soda or the soda or I grab the water? And that choice may not be like a big thing, but multiply that over 365 days in a year, and that's the reason why you have the health care problems you're having. That's the reason why you're not sleeping at night. That's the reason you're not at your ideal weight is because those little choices that we think are no big deal and we'll start someday or we'll start tomorrow taking control of our life and realizing that all our, our happiness and our, and our life is in each little choice we make. Right. The hundreds, sometimes series, the hundreds of choices yeah. we make every day. day. And it's not just what you eat. It's what you're thinking who you're associating with, um, you know, what you're drinking, the chemicals you may or may not be putting into your body, etc. There's tons of little choices every day. Yes. And you always teach me, too, just because you've made one dis a bad choice, then then just go right back on the train and start it's making the day. good choices again. It's a new yeah. day. Exactly. All right, how do we come to the event? Well, you can call me or text me at 303-349-6011. Again, 303-349. 349-6011. We have a few tickets left, and for your listeners, they're only $10. 303-349-6011. Again, 10 bucks for us. All right. Thank you, Dr. Joe. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.